Live from the Average Joe Nation studios in St. Clair, Missouri, this is the Average Joe Podcast, a show that proves that in this crazy world, a combination of common sense and a C-plus average is actually a superpower. Sure, he's crazy, but what if he's right? Please welcome your host, Damon Gilbert. I need some therapy. I really do. Uh, the last couple of let's see, I haven't done I haven't done a podcast since what Thursday of last week, and there's a reason for that. There really is. I I'll be honest with you. With you, this Uvalde uh, school shooting has got me really really down. It really hit me hard. It hit me almost as hard as 9/11 did. I remember those days. Just uh, the aftermath of 9/11. I. I couldn't, I was completely beside myself. I couldn't, couldn't focus, you know what I mean? Same thing here. I'm gonna have a hard time getting past the fact, what the facts are on this thing. And, and the facts are starting to come out. But the more I look at this, uh, I, I'm, I'm really afraid that it's all gonna be dismissed because the United States as a whole, the, we have the attention span of an autistic gnat. This will be yesterday's news in a couple of days. We did, uh, the mainstream media especially, what they'll do is they'll, and they, and they love it right at first, because you know the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. And this this is a clickbait, this is, well not clickbait so much, but this is click revenue. It's, uh, you know, we've got an uptick in our, our viewership because everybody wants to know the inside dope on this, even if it's not true. I saw an emotional interview by one of the parents, a man who, who just was absolutely distraught. And they love that. They love that. If they can get tears, it's even better. But at the end of the day, what, what did Uvalde teach us? And it's, it's basically the, the title of my podcast today. And that, that is basically you are on your own. Don't let anybody kid you. The, the, the police are not there to protect anymore. The federal courts have upheld on more than one occasion that the police do not have to protect you. They have, they have an obligation to take care of the perpetrator, the one breaking the law. You, on the other hand, they, they don't really have to mess with you. There's nothing that says they have to do that. I know that their, their uh, slogan is to protect and serve, but that's absolutely, that's absolutely not true. Check it out. Check it out. We need a constitutional amendment that said that police officers who are paid by taxpayer money have an obligation to protect the public. And they don't. They don't. They have, they have a, a duty to solve crime, to try to prevent crime. But at the end of the day, they really don't have to protect you. I wasn't aware of that. You know, and, you know, right now, the Uvalde police are getting dogpiled. The media has jumped on board. Democrats have jumped on board. Everybody's dogpiling on the police in Uvalde. Okay, personally, I think they should all be fired. They, who, I mean, who's going to support these guys? Really? Who, who's going to support them? Who's going to say, hey, the thing you did was, uh, was correct, it was right, you know, we, 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 uh, we tip our hats to your bravery. It's all nonsense. It's no nonsense. Now, I mean, when you hear shots, you're, you're dispatched to an area. And you hear shots. What, I mean, as far as what goes on in TV, what is the first thing a police officer does? He runs towards the shots, right? Now, apparently they were told to stand down by the police chief, this new guy that's come along. This new guy that I, I think he just got elected just a, just a while back. And he told them they thought 
from the information they were gathering that it became a barricading situation. In other words, the shooter was barricaded in a, a room and that they did not need to enter. But you're hearing kids screaming, you're getting 911 calls. You Wouldn't you think it'd be wise to go into the school and find out exactly what's going on instead of tasering parents who are trying to get into the school? I, I mean, I've never heard, I'm, see, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this was wrong. It's going to go down in the annals of history as probably one of the biggest law enforcement screws up, screw ups in history. It's, it's, it's going to be, you're going to measure everything that happens from this day forward to this, to see if it's worse than what went on in Uvalde. That's not, that's not something to, to, to brag about. These police officers, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know how they were thinking, but then you turn around, then you turn around and you lie to the, you, you lie about what actually went on. I mean, at the end of the day, defund the police. This is what defund the police looks like. Okay, now we've had an uptick in crime, a pretty, a pretty sizable one. And I wonder why that was. BLM filing lawsuits, getting sued. If you're a cop, are you going to get involved in something? No, no. You're not going to get involved in anything. You may get sued. Have your life ruined. So I tell you what, BLM supporters and the Democrats of the world the left-leaning, blue-haired nutcases. This is what it looks like when you defund the police and you put them under such pressure. This is what happens. They just let it happen, and then they go in and clean up afterwards. That's it. That's it. I mean, if you were an officer and you were on, on the scene, this is just me. If you're an officer who's a trained, a trained law enforcement official and you hear shooting, and your commander said, don't go in, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna ignore the command. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna enter the building. These, these are not competent police officers. I don't, know where, I don't know where they got these guys. Were they working at McDonald's a week ago or what? But in my opinion, when it comes to small town America, and, I, and this isn't necessarily all small town, I think the town's, um, what got 16, 17,000 people. It's not like it's a little, you know, one horse town, but it's also not a major metropolitan area. I think what they should do is they should do away with local cops. I think they should just do away with them completely and make it all sheriff's departments because the sheriff is actually elected. Whereas a lot of these small, small neighborhoods and stuff, they're appointed. That I, I really think, and you have to almost live in the community that you're policing. That's the way I look at it. You have to have personal relationships with these people. And I'll tell you another thing we need. We need mandatory gun ownership for everybody in America. And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I, I really believe that if you, if, if you as a criminal knew that everyone in America was either carrying or there was a possibility of carrying, you may not do the bad thing that you're thinking about doing. Think about it. Think about the sky sheriffs, the ones that are supposedly on every, or every plane that flies in America. You, they, they, you, from what I've understood and from what I, I follow from the, or can read through the TSA, they're supposed to have at least one person on board that flight that's armed. So you're going to cut down on, on hijackings because the hijacker doesn't know who that guy is or that woman. 
So maybe you're not probably going to be quite as bold in some of the things you're going to do if you know that there's a guy on or a woman on board who's armed and can take you out, right? Now, these Uvalde police department or police uh, policemen should be looking for new jobs and probably careers. They should have, well, I think Joe Biden was there the other day and he got booed. He got chased out of town because of, because of his lack of action. And I'm not talking about gun control. It's not what I'm talking about. There are so many other ways to address this, so many other factors involved in this. It's, it's countless. You can't even name the problems we got. One of the main ones is, is, is mental health in this country and how we handle it. This kid was clearly, clearly not right. I mean, I saw a picture of him with, they, they said it was a bag of cats that he killed. Okay? There's something wrong with this kid. He's defective, and you need to address that. I mean, he's being raised by his grandmother. He's got a, a derelict mother and a, probably an absentee father. It is. It's bad. But these kids need to be watched. That, that, that Part of the problem here is that we were not profiling these kids. We don't profile them the way we should. That's, that's my opinion. We should take a look. There, you ask any, and I've probably said this before, and I'm going to say it again. You ask any teacher in the, in the country, in her classroom, you can pick out the bad guys. You really can. Especially in younger years. You know, in elementary school. I know for a fact I've had people that I worked in that uh, field, and, and they say, "Hey, I can pick out the guys that are going to be in jail. I can I can pick them out of my classroom." So we really need to start watching that, and we need to be not so apt to sue over things. The the country's got some real issues on this. You want to protect kids? Taking guns away isn't going to do anything. I mean, think of the guy that killed all those people in what Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I think it was Oshkosh or maybe. Anyway, it was in Wisconsin. It was during Christmas. Black guy runs over 10, what, 60 people? We didn't try to ban, uh, you know, automobiles. You're talking about a tool, and I don't want to get into that debate. But at the end of the day, it's not the gun that kills people. You know, it, it, there's 400 million guns in the United States, and there's only two, 325 million people. So there's more guns than there are people. And and these these. I know they want you to make it, I, they want to make it sound like these things happen all the time. All the time. Now, it's, that's not true. And we're going to find out what happened. Greg Abbott got up and praised the police department pretty quickly after this incident. That's the one that Beto O'Rourke got up and attacked him. It was ridiculous. Now, Greg Abbott finds out the next day that it was all lies. The police and the police chief had lied to the governor of Texas. And Greg Abbott comes out and says, hey, that presser shouldn't have even happened. So what we're gonna, what's going to happen over the next little bit, and I'm going to keep track of this because I guarantee it's going to fall off the front page. People are, people are going to become disinterested. They become numb to it. Never mind that, you know, 19 children died you know, needlessly. And it's awfully convenient for the uh, administration if you think about it. Now, am I saying it's a conspiracy theory and this was all set up? No, I'm not saying that. But the, the timing's uncanny. It really is when you think about it. We've got right now in my town here in, where I live, 460 a gallon. And my guess is by August, it'll be $6 a gallon. By October, they're estimating that groceries, the, the, the cost of groceries will double from what they are right now. 
once once the uh, harvest is done you'll find out how much how much food is actually available and the price will pretty much uh, uh, tell the tell the tale at the end of the day it's a it's a law of supply and demand so this is very convenient for him because now he can go to the Memorial Day which I saw the other day he went he gave some long speech about you know basically trying to I, I'll talk about that here in a minute basically trying to go to send a war but nonetheless it, what it boils down to is that it, it's a distraction for him it gives him just a lot of leverage and a lot of breathing room because everybody forgets about the cost of a you know a, a gallon of milk when you've got 19 dead children but this folks they're going to get to the bottom of this we, we are a wired up society we've got cameras everywhere i was just in my my daughter works at a, a school here in uh, uh, in the town next to us and i walked in there and she's a secretary so she's there during the summer they're on summer vacation right now and summer school's getting ready to start but i looked up and there was a screen there with about 25 different camera views on it and she's able to manipulate each one and there's actually more than that there was there was probably she said there were three pages of those so there's like 75 cameras in this small elementary it's actually a primary school so you can get they will get this footage we are a wired up society we've got cameras on cops we've got cameras on cars we've got cameras out in a parking lot we've got cameras in the sky we've got cameras everywhere everywhere and uh, we, they will figure this out. You've got it on businesses across the street. You've got it on your on your ring uh, mechanism for your your door uh, your doorbell. I mean, for all I know, they've got aerial footage of this because this is near the border. They could have had a drone flying over. You're going to get that footage. You're going to get communicate communications between the cops and the police chief. And I guarantee you, this is going to turn out to be the most botched incident in American history. And it'll probably be a, uh, you know, page six or page seven story at the end of the day. Oh, supposedly the DOJ is going to come in and do a huge investigation. The only reason I think that may happen is because it's in a red state. The DOJ may actually go after somebody. I don't think they're going to do it. I really don't. Here's the other thing. Did you know what the protocol is in this town? Now, now this is reported. I, I'm not. This is allegedly what's being reported. The protocol for you as a police officer, when you pull up to a scene and you hear gunfire, the protocol is to storm in immediately. You don't. You don't sit around standing out in front. You know. You've seen the. You've seen the video of uh, uh, an ax or a, a shooting in St. Louis, and they always have that that b-roll of a bunch of guys standing out one's got a one's got a fedora on you know he's got a trench coat he's talking to another guy there's a couple paramedics there we're all bsing is what we're doing that's not what you do when there's an active shooter and that wasn't even their protocol so these guys should be brought I, as far as i'm concerned and here's what they're doing what are they actually doing the one thing they were doing was holding back parents from getting inside they literally tased people to prevent the parents from going into the school to get their children that i tell you if that doesn't that's embarrassing for america right there it really is it's embarrassing i'm embarrassed as an american to see that i really am it's obscene what went on here these guys these cops 
should be brought up on criminal charges for aiding and abetting a mass murderer. That's what they should be. At the end of the day, they should be held responsible for this. Make an example out of these guys and that police chief as well. I hope the DOJ does come down and does an investigation. I don't have the highest hopes, but I hope they do. I hope they come down, do an investigation in this, and find out exactly what went on and why it got so stupid. I, 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 that, I don't understand. These cops are pussies. I can't believe they stood there and heard kids screaming, which, which the parents said you could hear them from across the street. Why, in God's name, you didn't go in to investigate? If you can call yourself a police officer, a law enforcement official, after that, I don't know what definition you're using. That's insane. These people should be brought up on charges. They should never work in law enforcement again. They should fire the entire city council. They should get rid of the mayor and start over. Now, having said that, was this, was this something that was allowed to happen for a reason? I don't know. That particular area is 97% Hispanic. And the Hispanic, uh, uh, Hispanic population is turning against Biden. Uh, you, can, you can tell in the polling. Was this payback? I don't know. That's another theory. Stands to reason. I don't know. But I can tell you this much, and I'm going to end on this. You are on your own. So when Joe and the Democrats of the world want to take your guns, be sure you have a story about losing them in a lake in a boating accident, okay? Because you need to be armed. No one else is going to save you. No one. I live here in, I'm not even in a rural area. I'm just outside my city limits. And I guarantee you, if there's a bad guy out in my, in my uh, driveway and I call the police, it's going to be a sheriff that comes. And it's going to take him at least 10 to 15 minutes to get here. By then, if it's something serious, all you're going to be doing is cleaning up the mess. So, at the end of the day, the one thing I want to stress here, the one thing I want to make sure I got clear and I know a lot of people are afraid of guns. Well, I was afraid to drive my first car, too. But you know what I learned? I learned that it's a tool. Car can kill, too. Claw hammer can kill. Uh, crescent wrench, an adjustable wrench, it can kill. If it's used incorrectly. They're tools. That's all they are. And you need to learn how to use one of these tools. I'm not saying you have to have a whole arsenal at your home. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I believe everybody in America should be armed. I really do. Second Amendment says that's possible. The Second Amendment says that that's the way it should be. And I believe, deep down in my heart, that all, a lot of this violence would stop if people knew that other people were armed. Now, I can almost prove that because if you look at the places that have gun control, where you have a, a ban on guns, they're usually run by Democrats, and they're usually the most violent areas in the countries, in the country. New York, California, Los Angeles. Yeah. So you tell me what causes that. You know, and when you know that someone's armed, you're probably not as apt to try to rob them. Because you know, because most, most, 
Most most uh, criminals are cowards. Come on, let's be honest about it. Most criminals are they're 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 cowards for the most part, especially ones like this to do these school shootings. And that's the other thing. Schools are a gun-free zone. Why do you think they go to? Why do they think you think they levitate and they they tend to focus on on schools? Because they know one they know that no one there is going to shoot back. That's exactly why. And that's why. I believe, like I said in my la- my latest uh, uh, podcast, you need to have armed ex-military to protect these schools. If we can spend $40 billion on Ukraine in a country no one can pick out on the map, we can certainly make sure that, as the Democrats say, our greatest resource, our children, are protected. It's a public school system. It's paid for by the federal government. It's subsidized by the federal government and state governments. It's all government. Why can't you have someone there who's paid by the government to protect these kids? At least, at least be a deterrent. Now, if you come storming the door with 30 guys that are all armed, it's going to be a little tough for one guy. But if you've got a guy driving by in his car thinking, I'm going to shoot that school up, and he sees somebody out there that's fully armed like a combat soldier with an automatic weapon, he's going to think twice. It's that simple. But I want to stress this, and I want to stress it really, really seriously. Folks, you are on your own, and this proves it. They let children die because they were afraid to go in and face a gunman. Okay? Imagine if it was something even more serious. Yeah, it, 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 it baffles me. It really does. But anyway, that's all I got today. I'm going to see if I can't get out of my funk and maybe do a couple of these a week. I'm, uh, it, it is during the summer, and I have a summer, not a summer job, but a summer business that kind of keeps me busy. So if I don't make one every every day, please forgive me. It's just uh, it, it's beyond uh, fixing. I can't. I, I run out of time. I run out of time. As I get older, I'm, you know, I tire a lot easier. I'm not 20 anymore. So anyway, uh, again, I want to I want to thank you for listening, and thank you for the uh, the therapy today. And I'll leave the money on the on the counter when I leave the office. Okay. <laughs> so we will talk again. I'll be right back with the news. If you think he's crazy, then what do we consider the rest of the world? You're listening to the Average Joe podcast with Damon Gilbert. Okay, first story today was one I ran across. Oh, just I guess this morning, which I thought was interesting. It's it's tragic. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, there's more to this story than what they're letting on. Now, now um, I don't know if you know who this guy is. Isn't he's he's uh, his his name is Jeff Gladney. He was 25 years old and he was a Cardinals first round NFL draft pick. And he died in a car accident. He was 25 years old. Now, what happens when something like this occurs? Jeff Gladney, 25 years old, football player, a lot of money, uh, black man, probably not well-educated. I'm just, I'm going on a limb here. I'm, I'm doing a stereotypical look at this. Probably majored in communications in college. Um... Gets gets a gets a big signing bonus. Goes to goes to work or goes to play for a, a Cardinals. They say now I don't know who he played for now because I don't follow the NFL at all. The thing that I find funny is we went 
it was a Fox News story. And I, I don't know if it was on the other networks. I don't look at the other networks for the most part. But it did go into some detail about all the mourning, the auto mourning that everyone's doing. You know, just automatically it's all oh, our thoughts and prayers and what a tragedy and what a loss and over and over again. Tweets and copies of tweets and people saying things, interviews. Oh my gosh, I worked, I played with him in this date and he was such a nice guy, yada, yada, yada. Okay, fine. What they don't mention is that there was a female in the car who also died. And according, according to the reports, the car, early in the morning, and I mean, when I mean early in the morning, I don't mean 8 o'clock. I mean like 3.30 in the morning. Was traveling at a high rate of speed. And apparently Jeff had a blood alcohol content of 0.23. So, are we ignoring that fact? Is that what we're doing? We're just going into auto mourning because this black man was stupid enough to go out, get drunk, and drive fast in his car that he had bought with his millions that he signed when he signed his contract. I'll tell you what, honest to God, the NFL, instead of the National Football League, it should stand for the National Felon League. These guys are all thugs. They really are. They, they say that the, on the average football team, there's at least six to seven felonies that are outstanding. That's, that's in a group of 25. And I think it's even higher than that now. So while tragic that Jeff Gladney passed away and was killed, I have a little trouble, you know, with getting my sympathy to go beyond, hey, that's the way it goes when you play with it, when you play reckless like that. I, I, I just, I, it's hard for me to do that. It's hard for me to come out and feel sorry for this guy. It just is. Uh, let's see. Jury fails to convict. Now, mind you, you got to remember, I was right about this. This Durham probe, not going to go anywhere. I said that a year ago. I stand by that today. Jury fails to convict ex-Clinton lawyer Sussman. Okay? They had three Clinton donors on the jury. So, this Durham trial, which is a complete scam, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a useless tool. It, it, this is serving no purpose whatsoever. Durham's been looking at this since 20, I don't know, 2019? Yeah. He's been looking at it for three years. And this was over Trump being spied on and the, the dossier and all that and the Russian collusion. It was all BS. But we're not going to convict anybody because they're all Clintons. And you don't want to try and convict a Clinton because if you convict a Clinton, you'll be dead. It's that simple. You will be dead. You'll be killed in a car wreck. You'll have a heart attack. You'll be, you won't be around anymore. You'll be Arkansized. That's what they call it. Yeah, so don't look for anything past this. You may, you may indict a couple people, but these are underlings. Hillary Clinton's never going to jail for anything. No, because that's not how the system works anymore. There's an old saying that I heard, and it, and, and, and it makes perfect sense. A spider web catches the flies. The wasps get free. They, they, it doesn't stop a wasp. No, it doesn't. And that's and, and believe me, if anybody's a wasp, it's Hillary Clinton. Uh, let's see. House Dems look to pass gun control legislation by early June. Well, good for them. We, we, I, I don't know what... I know it's all symbolic because they know for a fact that that's never going to pass. The Senate will never pass anything. 
that's not going to happen. So that's all good and fine. The AOCs of the world can go on TV and tell you how bad guns are when they don't even know how things work. It really is pathetic that the United States can't get any more done than what we're doing right now. But when you've got a nitwit in charge and, you know, crazy people behind the scenes, it, it just won't happen. Uh, let's see. U.S. National Guard to cooperate with Taiwan military. Folks, we're going to be in a war, I would say, by the end of the year. And that will be because prices and supply chains will be all screwed up. We're going to be at war either in, we're either going to be on the ground in Ukraine or we're going to be trying to defend Taiwan against China. Almost guarantee it. So prepare for that. That's going to happen. I, I, I am completely confident that there's going to be a war of some kind. It, it just is because that's what happens when you, when you, when you screw things up in your own country, you know, you, you, you go to war. That's what you do because it takes everybody's eye off the ball. Uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of that, uh, fake Joe Biden, the president, the fake president, he's reportedly frustrated with his aides constantly walking back his statements. So, Grandpa here, he's upset because he says something nasty to the next door neighbor. And the son goes out and talks to the neighbor and tries to make everything okay. That's what this is all about. Joe's telling them to get off his lawn and they're pieces of shit. And that they're no account losers. Well, then the son has to come in and go over and talk to the neighbors and say, you know, it's just dad. He's just kind of crazy. He's getting older. You know, we just need to kind of, you know, can you please just kind of ignore him? That's what this is all about at the end of the day. Yeah, now, grandpa's not the president of the United States, but that's how you do it. You have to walk back to these crazy, wild-ass stories he tells. What was he telling the other day? That he was a, uh, he was a professor? Or no, no, he'd been, he'd been commissioned into the, into the Navy. And they looked it up, and that's not true. But do you think the fact checkers are going to say anything about that? No, they're going to let that slide. So Joe's been a truck driver. He's been a professor at a college. He worked in the coal mines. Uh, I think he was a rodeo wrangler, and now he was a commissioned officer in the Navy. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a busy uh, busy career. He really has. Uh, let's see. Biden speaks of war on Memorial Day and again mentions his dead son, Bo. There's one thing about Joe. He never misses an opportunity to bring up his dead son. He, he always does. He thinks somehow or other that you're going to feel sorry for him because his son died of cancer and he was an Iraq veteran. Well, he was an Iraq veteran as much as I was a Chinaman because, yes, he was there, but he was working. He was a, he was a lawyer. It wasn't like he was out pulling trigger or anything or going on 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 uh, patrols. Okay, so don't let anybody kid you. But Biden loves bringing that up. He does. He thinks that's wonderful. Um, he brought it up in this in this speech in, about Ukraine. He's pushing for a war in Ukraine, and it was a gaff-filled Memorial Day speech. He couldn't get anything right. He used. I, did you? If you didn't watch it, you really should. It's 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 it's. Unbelievable. It really is. But anyway, he brings up, and what I, what I love about, what I don't love about, it, I, what I think is interesting about Joe is he brings up the fact that his son served in the military. Now, now Hunter served in the military too, but he got thrown out for using cocaine. But he talks about Bo a lot because Bo's dead. And, we, and you get a lot of sympathy when, you, when somebody's dead. 
just go back to the Jeff Gladding thing with the football player. Of course, if you're dead, you're a wonderful guy because you're dead. And it's always been my philosophy that if you're an asshole alive, you're asshole dead too. So I don't see the problem here. But anyway, Joe's like, Joe likes talking about his son, Bo. What Joe fails to mention to you is that he got deferments to stay out of Vietnam. One of them was for, well, several of them were for asthma. He talks about that too. But then he also goes on to talk about he wanted to be a football star. He played, he played football in, in college. What, what kid do you know of that has asthma bad enough to keep you out of the military that's able to play football? I don't know. I don't know. I guess in, I guess in uh, Joe's uh, world, that's how it works. Biggest con man of all time. This guy is the biggest. He's going to run this country, and he may have already done it. Uh, let's see. Speaking of, of evil, which we weren't, but we're going to now, Nancy Pelosi, she was silent on husband's DWI, but she does mention this. She said she had nothing to do with it, which I find is hilarious because I guarantee you, if you were married to Nancy Pelosi, you'd be drinking too. Now, what the hell he was doing driving a car, I do not know. But if you were married to that evil broad with that stupid smile and that sneer and the way she handles herself, can you imagine living with that broad? I'd be a drinker too. So when it comes to Nancy and her husband, I'll give him a little bit of slack on this one. Because if you're not drinking, you should be. Uh, oh, one thing I did want to mention that is, has to do with the story I was talking about in the, main, in the main part of this. School shooting definition has recently been changed to make it look like they are more frequent. Now, if you look at the old metrics... There have been 13 mass shootings, school shootings, mass school shootings. See, there's three different kinds that we talk about. They've, dec they've, they've, they've changed it. And this is called by lying by structure. All right. They have school shootings. They have mass shootings. And then we have mass school shootings. So in it's since 1966, we have had 13 mass school shootings. Since 1966. 13. Don't let anybody kid you, because the narrative they're trying to use right now is there's been 27 this year, and that's completely untrue. Now, they've changed the ruling on this, and what they do is, instead of using the word mass school shootings, they use school shootings. School shooting can be a kid that comes to school, sits out in his car, and commits suicide, blows his brains out. That would be called a school shooting because he's on school property. A mass school shooting has to be three people or more killed, sometimes four or more, to be considered a mass school shooting. They're, they're, see, you see how they do this? They do it with statistics they, 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 uh, and semantics because the average person is not going to look at that and go, well, there's, what's the difference between a school shooting and a, a school mass shooting? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, and here, Uvalde mayor defends local police. So we've, we've circled the wagons, and now we're going to save each other's ass. And the, and the mayor says that Lieutenant Governor Patrick's claim he was lied to is not true, even though why would, why would the Lieutenant Governor lie about that? When it takes you 45 minutes to an hour, when you're holed up, when, you, when you've been put on hold by the police chief, now this police chief's name is Peter 
A-R-R-E-N-D-O-N-A-O. I can't really say that. But anyway, Police Chief Pete, he just got that job. And he's in the hot seat right now. So he's made a deal with the mayor. We're going to try and make everybody sound like heroes in this deal. But when you tell people to stay stand at attention for 45 minutes where kids are being killed not not 100 feet from you, I don't know how that can be defended. I, I really don't. I really don't know how you're going to defend that. Now, uh, let's see. We've got, we've got Russia. Russia is threatening to annihilate the United States. And here's what they said. They said Russia state media threatened that President Vladimir Putin could destroy the entire east coast of the U.S. with just two Sarmat Satan II nuclear missiles if the West continues to escalate war in Ukraine. Now that's a pretty chilling warning. It was made Tuesday on Russia's media program. Now, a Russian member of parliament, Alex, Alexei Zirkovelv, I don't know, how do you say that, who explained that Russia could launch only four Sarmat missiles to completely destroy the U.S. East and West coasts. Now, that's not good. That's really kind of scary. He says, I will tell you absolutely competently that to destroy the entire East Coast of the United States, two Sarmat missiles are needed. And the same goes for the West Coast. Four missiles, and there will be nothing left. He says, they think the mushroom cloud will be taller than a high-rise. He says, that mushroom cloud will be visible from Mexico. I, they're talking about launching an underwater 100 megaton nuclear strike on the UK. They said it would produce a massive radioactive tsunami. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to even address this. This, this is getting serious. And we've got, a, we've got a, an idiot in charge at the White House. I, I, I tell you what, we're going to be lucky to survive this. And I hate to be, I hate to be somebody that, I, again, I don't like to bring bad news, but this is serious business here. You're, you're dealing with a guy who has the capability of destroying you. Now, it could be mutual annihilation. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, we're going to pay the price as well. So anyway, that's all I got today. Hope that cheered you up, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but it made me feel better just to get it off my chest. So that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And also to give you a little bit of information you may have not heard anywhere else. So anyway, that's all I got today. And it is May 31st, the last day of May. And Joe Biden is by far, without any doubt whatsoever, the worst president in American history. Let's go, Brandon.